Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and supplemented them with research into ancient Greco-Roman history. Because mythology comes from oral tradition, there's a wide variety across sources. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. And be warned, this episode contains some sexual situations and references to suicidal ideation. Listener discretion is advised, especially for those under 13. So, you've come for a love story, have you? (laughs) Well, you've entered the right chamber. Who better to regale you with tales of passion than I, Venus, the goddess of love herself? Shall I speak of my affair with Mars, my romances with Hermes, Bacchus, Adonis? Uh, What? You want to hear about Cupid, my own son? I would never... Oh, you want to hear about his dalliance with Psyche. So be it. Who am I to deny the desires of another? I'll recount the tale. But I'll need another drink first. Troilus, more ambrosia! Ah, that's better. So, how do I begin? Once upon a time, there was a tiny kingdom. I don't recall the name, but here, in this unnamed kingdom with its unnamed king, was a princess named Psyche. Psyche was no ordinary princess. She was irritatingly beautiful, born with such physical perfection that she was worshipped as a living goddess. And while the humans groveled at the feet of this mortal teenager, my temples were deserted, my altars were bare, mine, an actual goddess. So, I decided to do something about Psyche. I summoned my son Cupid and asked him for a favor. I dare say it was the worst mistake of my divine life. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. This week, in honor of Valentine's Day, we're telling a love story. The romance of Cupid, the Roman god of love, and Psyche, his mortal wife. This myth is one of the Roman pantheon's greatest, but most forgotten romances. Yet it's become a template for many fairy tales. It has a kingdom, a beautiful princess, and an epic journey. One where, like all proper fairy tales, love conquers all. Coming up, a mortal girl causes a stir amongst the gods. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. 
Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Before Cupid was a rosy-cheeked cherub who adorned greeting cards, he was the Roman god of love. His angel-like wings and bow have remained intact through the centuries. But in classical antiquity, Cupid was no cherub. He appeared as a handsome young man whose good looks were as potent as his arrows. In stories from this period, Cupid is a trickster who played with the hearts of his victims. But today, few know that he had a legendary romance of his own. The tale was a popular one in the ancient world and was retold by many authors. But the earliest surviving version comes from second-century philosopher Lucius Apuleius. In this tale, Cupid himself falls in love with a mortal woman, a woman who wished to be anything but beautiful. Psyche snuck down the palace hall, trying her best not to make a sound. Psyche! Psyche! This wasn't the first time the princess avoided her father's call. In fact, since she'd come of age, she'd become skilled at dodging this particular conversation. We need to discuss your suitors. How many times must we do this? Seeing she was cornered, Psyche slipped inside her chamber and into bed. A moment later, the door flew open and the king stormed in. Oh, there you are. My dear, I've been looking everywhere for you. I've been beside myself thinking that you were out there, exposed to the masses. I didn't mean to worry you, father. I've just been in my chamber. I'm afraid I've fallen ill. (coughs) You weren't in your chamber an hour ago. It came on so fast. I think it's that plague from Seleucia. (coughs) Thank Jupiter, your beautiful psyche, because you have no future as an actress. That's rather harsh, don't you think? Well, luckily for you, you have other prospects. I've received letters from many kingdoms this week, all with eligible bachelors, and three of them have even sent portraits. First is Prince Troilus of Troy. My gods, he's just a boy. Too young. Numa Pompilius of the Sabines. Ugh, no, too old. Prince Acastus of Iolcus. Too... suspicious. He has shifty eyes. Psyche, my dear, you are as critical as you are beautiful. But something tells me your reluctance isn't just high standards. I... I just keep thinking... All these suitors, these kings and princes, they want my hand, but they do not know me. They've seen me or my likeness in some portrait, and all they want is my beauty. And? And that's not enough. This is a man I'll spend the rest of my life with. He should love me regardless of my beauty, not because of it. He should be patient and gentle. I want to know his mind, and I want him to know mine. And I want to smile every time he laughs, just because I love the way it sounds. I can't guarantee all that with a portrait, but... I'm sure once you're married, it will all fall into place. For now, though, you have to trust that they will love you. And if they don't? And I inevitably grow old and my beauty fades? Why dwell on such unpleasantries now? At dusk, you are to wave at our subjects from the balcony. There may or may not be a royal envoy in the audience. Father! Who may or may not have been sent on Prince Troilus's behalf? Don't be late. At dusk, Psyche did as her father asked. She met him before the balcony to the palace courtyard, and together they walked out to greet their subjects. (laughs) 
As Psyche stepped out into the pink light of the sunset, the crowd below erupted in cheers. A thousand voices cried out, praising her as a new incarnation of Venus. But Psyche didn't feel like a goddess. She felt like a prisoner. Surely Venus had power and a say over her own fate, right? Cupid! Where are you? We have a problem. On Mount Olympus, Venus, the goddess of beauty and desire, stormed down the marble hall, surrounded by a flock of doves. She threw open the door of a chamber to find her son and a nymph in the middle of a passionate romp. May I have a moment with my son, please? The nymph jumped up in alarm, transforming herself into a small shrub. Cupid looked up, his golden hair must. Ah, what is it, mother? They are calling her the new incarnation of Venus. They're comparing me to a mortal girl. Me, a goddess born in the azure depths of the sea, the mother of all beauty and desire, being upstaged by a juvenile with a death date. So wait a few years. The princess will grow old and her beauty will fade. No. I need to do something now. My offerings have dwindled. My temples are falling into disrepair. But I have an idea. We can solve this tonight. What do you mean, we? Leave me out of your rivalries, Mother. Oh, but I know how much you enjoy stirring up trouble. Listen closely. While Psyche sleeps, you'll pierce her with one of your arrows so she falls madly in love with the most vile human man we can find. Her passion for this creature will be so mortifying. The mortals will abandon her and come crawling back to my temples. Oh, that is good. I'll do it, but I have conditions. One. I choose this vile man. Fine. Two, in the future, you must knock before you enter my chamber. Done. Though I do wish you'd refine your tastes. Nymphs are beneath you. And sometimes on top as well. Third, keep your filthy pigeons out of my rooms. They're doves. They leave droppings everywhere. Fine, fine. Now go, avenge your mother. With that, Cupid stretched his angel-like wings and took off into the twilight. Venus narrowed her eyes at the shrub in the corner and swept out of the room. As night fell, Cupid reached the mortal plane and swooped onto Psyche's balcony. He slipped into her room, arrow knocked and ready. The room was still. Nothing moved save for the gently stirring silk curtains. But as he approached the bed, he lowered his bow, letting the arrow go slack. My gods, it's true. It was then that Cupid realized his mother's worries were justified. This mortal woman was more beautiful than anyone or anything he'd seen. Her dark hair fanned across the sheets, framing her soft face as if she was floating on a tranquil sea. He took a step forward, taking in the curve of her frowning lips, her delicate chin, the way the moonlight made her skin glow. And then the princess stirred. Startled, Cupid jumped back, and the tip of his arrow pierced his own thigh. Oh, gods, that hurts. The world around him seemed to shimmer. The air grew thin. He gasped for breath, his eyes traveling back to Psyche. Suddenly, air rushed back to his lungs. His chest heaved as a strange thought entered his mind, that he wanted nothing more than he wanted her, to be with her. Cupid began to panic. He knew this feeling, but he had never felt it himself. He had only given it to others. 
Oh, no, no, no. No, no. Gods, help me. What have I done? But as he stared lovingly at Psyche, now lying on her stomach, her mouth open in a soft snore, Cupid realized just how ruined he was. Coming up, Psyche meets her admirer. Love. It's been the subject of poems, novels, music, and film. It's also been the driving force behind some of the most horrendous crimes in history. Hi, I'm Vanessa Richardson. Join me for season two of Criminal Couples and meet the lovers who took their passion to perilous lengths. Featuring standout episodes from female criminals, serial killers, solved murders, and crimes of passion, this season of Criminal Couples gets to the heart of what makes two turn to a life of murderous crime. Some couples were set off by revenge or greed. Others were fueled by sex and drugs. All acted in the name of love. Discover the darker side of desire in season two of the Spotify original from Parcast, Criminal Couples. Follow for free and tune in every Monday, only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Now back to the story. For weeks, Cupid kept his love for Psyche a secret. He was mortified to have fallen victim to his own arrows and worried Venus would discover he'd blundered her mission. But nothing terrified him more than never seeing Psyche again. Cupid devised a plan to be with her without inciting his mother's wrath. First, he hunted down each of Psyche's mortal suitors to ensure they fell in love with someone else. Then he went to ask a favor from an old friend. Ah, Apollo, what are you doing here? This is my grove, Cupid. I should be asking you that question. Have you returned to challenge me to archery? I wouldn't dare. It wouldn't bode well for our friendship for me to humiliate you. Watch your words, angel boy. Your arrows might wound the heart, but mine do real damage. About that, I need your help. I've done something, something potentially very, very bad. Apollo, I think I'm in love. (laughs) Finally, you've gotten a taste of your own medicine. Bitter, isn't it? I've never been so miserable. All I can do is think about her. Remember that time you made me fall in love with Daphne? And then you made Daphne despise me? And then she turned into a laurel tree for all eternity just to avoid my advances? I'm sorry. I get it now. (sighs) I still visit that tree. So tell me, why should I help you? Apollo... I've fallen in love with a mortal woman who rivals my mother's beauty. Oh, you are doomed, my friend. Please! I've taken care of her suitors, but now her father is consulting the oracle at your temple tonight. I have a plan, but I can't do it without you. Fine, I'll help you. But only because I have to see how this plays out.
That night, when the king entered Apollo's temple, Apollo would speak through his oracle and deliver a prophecy, one that would lead Psyche into Cupid's arms. <clears throat> Great oracle, my daughter Psyche is lovelier than any creature on earth, yet try as I might, I cannot find her a husband. I humbly request guidance from the god of reason and light. I have the answer you seek, but I'm afraid it is a terrible truth. Your daughter is destined to be the wife of a monster. A serpent! A serpent? A winged serpent! Who is cruel to his friends and has horrible pain with a bow. And now that I think about it, still owes me gold. I don't see how that has anything to do with- Silence! Interrupt the words of the gods and face an eternity in Tartarus. I beg your forgiveness. Please, how do I spare Psyche from this horrific creature? If Psyche evades her fate, the beast will set your kingdom ablaze with his fiery tongue. You have no choice. Tomorrow, as night falls, take her to the highest mountain crag. There in the shadows, the serpent will await his bride. The oracle's terrible prophecy haunted the king, yet he did as the gods bade him. The next evening, he took his daughter into the mountains. Psyche climbed up the broken, winding path following her father. Behind her, mournful subjects wailed into the whipping wind. Psyche couldn't help but feel like she was marching in her own funeral procession, because in a way, she was. She had tried so hard to avoid a miserable fate as the wife of a man who wanted nothing but her beauty, but now she realized her efforts were useless. The gods did as they pleased, and now she would be the wife of a monster. And yet, even if that was to be her fate, she refused to be defenseless. Psyche touched the dagger hidden inside her robes. If she had to fight for her life, she would. And if all else failed, at least she had the power to end it all. Psyche's servants gave her their prayers, and her father, inconsolable, finally released her from his embrace. And then they left. When their torches were nothing but sparks in the distance, Psyche walked to the edge of the cliff, waiting for whatever horror was to come. She stood there, trembling, when suddenly the wind enveloped her, lifting her from the ground, away from the cliffside. What? My God! What is happening? A moment later, the enchanted wind lowered her gently into the valley below. What? What is this? Where am I? If this was a serpent's lair, it certainly didn't look like it. She was in a meadow surrounded by willows. She followed the sound of running water into the trees. And there, beside a silver river, was a peculiar building. It was a small palace covered in so many vines, it appeared to meld into the forest. Underneath the leaves, marble gleamed in the moonlight. It seemed to beckon to her until she found herself standing on the threshold. Uh, hello? Welcome, Psyche. Please, come in. The hair on her neck stood up. The voice sounded familiar. Curiosity got the better of her, and she entered. The hall was dark, but in the moonlight, jeweled mosaics glittered under her feet. What is this place? It's your home. Our home. Then, who are you? I think you know who I am, Psyche. My... my... husband? That's right. But only if that's what you want. 
If you'd like to leave, you may do so now. But if you dare to meet me, enter the chamber to your left. Psyche hesitated. She couldn't return home to the chanting masses to be nothing but an idol to be gazed at. She looked at the door to the chamber and swallowed. She was brave, she told herself, but more than that, she was curious. She opened the door. As she stepped inside, she was met with a deep, inky darkness. The shadows stirred, and Psyche's hand flew to the dagger under her cloak. I can't tell you how glad I am that you've decided to stay. I've been waiting for this moment since I first saw you. I don't understand. You know me? I've been watching you, Psyche, and I think I've come to understand you. That's ridiculous. I I haven't even met you. But why do I know your voice? Because I've met you, Psyche. I've seen your wit and resilience. I've never known someone so surrounded by admirers, and yet so lonely. I hope to change that. Who are you? Show me your face. Please. I'm afraid I can't show you who I am. It may influence your feelings, and I'd like to keep our life together pure. But there are other ways to know me. The figure took her hands and placed them on his face. She hesitated, then ran her fingers along his cheek. He didn't feel like the monster her father described. His skin was smooth and cool. But as she felt his broad shoulders, she gasped. You... you have wings. I do, yes. Is that all right? Uh, of course. With that, her husband wrapped Psyche in his feathered wings and kissed her. That night, Psyche experienced tenderness she never knew existed, a passion that, unbeknownst to her, came from the god of love himself. When she opened her eyes to the warm morning light, her new husband was gone. Every day after was like this. Once night fell, he would return to her. But at dawn, he always slipped away from her embrace. This routine served Cupid well. In the meadow, he kept Psyche hidden from his mother's prying eyes. He would spend his days on Mount Olympus, then his nights with his new wife, with no one but Apollo any wiser. And with her beauty hidden in the dark, Psyche didn't have to doubt the depth of her husband's love. But soon, she grew restless. Wait! Don't go! Come back to bed. I can't, my love. You know that. You told me you brought me here so I wouldn't be lonely. But every day, I'm alone. Please, just let me see you. If you love me, you won't need to. You'll trust I have my reasons. I do love you. Whoever you are. And that is all I need. I hope it's enough for you. Months had passed when Psyche realized she wouldn't be alone for much longer. She was pregnant. At first, she was overjoyed, but soon doubt crept in. How could she raise a child with a man she'd never seen? As her belly swelled, doubt festered into fear. Why couldn't she know her husband's identity? Something was very wrong. Then she remembered the oracle's words. She'd almost forgotten the horrible prophecy of the fearful winged serpent, but now it haunted her every thought. For the sake of her child, she had to know the truth. One night, when she was sure her husband was asleep, Psyche rose from their bed and fetched the dagger she'd brought all those months before. Standing over him, dagger raised, she lit an oil lamp. (gasps) 
Illuminated in the lamplight was no monster, but the most beautiful being she'd ever seen. A god, but not just any god. She recognized his golden hair and his massive dove-feathered wings. It was the god of love himself. Cupid? Psyche lowered the dagger. Her hands trembled, and burning oil splashed onto Cupid's shoulder. Ah! What is... what? Psyche? I... I am so sorry. I... I didn't know. I had one rule, Psyche. For both our sakes. I've loved you ever since my jealous mother asked me to punish you for your beauty. I risked everything to be with you. And now you've ruined it all. Please. I didn't know. You only had to trust me. Love cannot survive without trust. You have to understand. Psyche's hands went to her stomach, cradling the growing life in her womb. Is that... are you? I did what I did because I had to know. For our child. You may stay here. Everything you need will be provided for you. But you will never see me again. No! You can't mean that! Cupid took off into the night, leaving Psyche alone in the dark valley and returned to Mount Olympus. Once he arrived, he found Venus waiting. I was wondering when you'd come back. A little early for you, isn't it? I don't know what you're talking about. For months, you've been leaving at night and returning at dawn. Where have you been going, Cupid? I don't have time for this right now. I... Ah. My, my dove, are you hurt? Gods, you're burned. What happened? Who did this to... I, I can smell it on you. You're in love. <laughs> That's absurd. Who is it? A nymph? A muse? No, mother. It's no one. I swear, if it's one of my servants... It's not. How many times do I... Then tell me who it is. It's Psyche! No. No, you didn't. I did. I was pierced by one of my own arrows, and I fell in love with her. How dare you, Cupid? Are you trying to make me a laughingstock? You've seduced your fair share of mortals. Why can't I? It's not just that she's mortal, it's that it's her. I sent you to ruin her, not fall for her. Well, you don't have to worry about it now. It's done. I've broken it off. <laughs> you should know better than that. Once you've been pricked by those arrows, there's no such thing as moving on. No, I'll have to clean this mess myself. What do you mean? Mother, if you touch her... You will stay here. Psyche may steal my offerings, but she will not take my son. With that, Venus vanished in a flurry of doves. Cupid sprinted for the door when a booming echoed through the hall. Every entrance to the chamber slammed shut. Cupid ran to each door, trying in vain to open them, but it was too late. His mother had trapped him inside. Cupid sat down heavily, head in his hands. A moment later, a hawk flew through a small skylight. As its talons touched the floor, it transformed into Apollo. What's got you down, angel boy? Fight with mother? Wait, how did you know? I was just flying around chasing one of your mother's pigeons. Doves. When I overheard a fascinating conversation. You're doomed, aren't you? Apollo, I'm afraid I have to ask for another favor. Mm, that's what I thought. My mother is trying to find Psyche. I don't know what she's going to do when she does, but it won't be good. Please. I'm afraid for her. And for our child. Jupiter's beard, she's... Pregnant? You're going to be a father? An absent one. I broke things off. I thought you were in love with her. I am. 
So you tricked her father into abandoning her, stole her away to an isolated house, knocked her up, then left because you love her. She betrayed me, Apollo. She saw me in the light and saw who I was. So she looked at you. Yeah, that seems like a real deal breaker. Yes, yes it is. Because now that she knows who I am, I can't be sure her feelings for me are genuine. She might admire me, but never love me. Or feign affection out of fear, I don't know. In the dark, we were equals. I don't think I've ever heard something so conceited. You're the god of love. Don't you know that you can't truly love someone without honesty? Love also takes trust, Apollo. And Psyche betrayed mine. So why ask for my help at all? I just need to make sure she's safe. If I could, I would do it myself. What if I told you you can? I can get you out of here, but only if you stop being a little cherub and go back to your wife. What are you talking about? I'm trapped in here. Think about it, friend. In the meantime, I've got an angry goddess to hunt down. Coming up, Psyche seeks forgiveness from the gods. Now back to the story. Psyche sat in the meadow, hoping that Cupid would return to her, but as the hours passed and the night sky brightened, she was still alone. But then she felt a flutter inside her belly. As her unborn child moved, Psyche realized she wasn't alone. Determination rose in her chest. She couldn't give up. Not now. Even if it took the rest of her life, Psyche resolved to find Cupid and prove her trust in their love. And she decided there was no better place to begin than the Temple of Venus, technically her mother-in-law. Is anyone here? Psyche stopped in her tracks as she saw a priestess standing at the altar, back turned. Oh, I didn't see you. I... I've come to pay my respects to Venus. And what does a lowly mortal like you have to offer the goddess of desire? My servitude. I humbly offer myself in exchange for her forgiveness. Interesting. Then prove it. The priestess turned. Psyche recognized that face. But before she could say anything, Venus snapped her fingers. In an instant, Psyche was no longer in Venus's temple. She was on Mount Olympus before the goddess herself. She fell to her knees in awe. On your feet. I want to get a look at you. So this is the so-called new incarnation of Venus. I'm a bit disappointed. Never been fond of brunettes, but apparently my son is. I'm here as penance for defying your beauty. And for betraying Cupid's trust. I only wish to be reunited with my husband. Husband? (laughs) Oh, you wretched thing. Your marriage isn't valid. Jupiter himself would have to give you his blessing. Now I have a bastard grandchild on the way. Lovely. Legitimate or not, this baby deserves a father. They shouldn't suffer my mistakes. Tell you what. If you show me complete obedience, I will reunite you with my son. With another snap, they were suddenly transported to an elegant aviary filled with hundreds of snow-white doves. Oh, my gods. I've never seen so many pigeons. Doves. For the love of Jupiter, they're doves. Now, the task is simple. My feathered beauties need to feed soon. I need you to sort those seeds. Venus pointed to an enormous mound of seeds as tall as Psyche herself. But that... 
That's impossible. Not for a living goddess. You have until nightfall. Psyche, now alone with the gigantic pile of grain, began to realize what she had agreed to. Venus had no interest in granting her forgiveness. She only wished to punish her. But just as she began to lose all hope, a hawk flew into the aviary. Curious, Psyche watched it land on a small dirt mound. Moments later, an army of ants swarmed the grain pile. Psyche yelped, jumping to her feet as wave after wave of the insects covered the seeds. It didn't make sense until they began to separate each morsel. Psyche's jaw dropped in awe. She couldn't believe her luck. Hours later, Venus arrived to find the massive pile neatly sorted. You deceitful little snake! I don't know how you did it, but believe me, your work is far from over. Let's give you something a bit more challenging, shall we? Go collect wool from that herd of golden sheep, but be careful. They have a nasty habit of disemboweling anyone in their path. This task was far more difficult than the last, but as Psyche began to grow desperate, the same hawk from the aviary swooped into the valley. When she followed it, she found a thicket of briars that had snagged the sheep's golden fur. By dusk, she gathered a heaping basket of the wool, much to Venus's fury. Well, Psyche, it seems you've cheated your way through my training. But seeing as I'm a benevolent goddess, I'm giving you one last chance. I want you to run a little errand to the underworld. What? All these knights attending to my injured, heartbroken son have taken their toll, I'm afraid. I need to borrow some beauty from Queen Proserpina. It's not like she needs it down there anyway. You can put it in this box. But the only way for a mortal to enter the underworld is to die. Well, that would be a shame, wouldn't it? But you've proved yourself to be such a clever little thing so far. I'm sure you'll figure something out. Psyche stood on top of the cliffs of Mount Olympus, gazing at the clouds below. The only way to the underworld was down. Venus had sent her on a suicide mission. Psyche's mind churned. If she died in order to complete the task, she couldn't trust that Venus would revive her and reunite her with Cupid like she promised. And if she failed, she and her unborn child would be trapped in the underworld for eternity, and she would never see Cupid again. That was her only guarantee. But what choice did she have? She stepped to the cliff's edge. This is it. Gods, don't fail me now. Psyche took one last breath when she heard a familiar sound. The hawk's cry echoed off the mountaintops. Psyche watched in awe as it descended from the clouds, coming to rest on a boulder by her side. Ah, uh-uh, don't take another step. Trust me. There's a better way. Just follow me. Before Psyche could react, the hawk took to the air. Psyche followed it down the craggy cliffs until they reached the mouth of a dark waterfall. The hawk flew through, cutting through the wall of water. Psyche hesitated, then followed. When she reached the other side, Psyche found she wasn't wet, and the hawk waited for her, perched on the rocks. What is this place? Another path to the underworld. I'll tell you how to take it, but you must listen very, very carefully. One wrong step, and you won't come back. But the danger doesn't end once you resurface. Once Proserpina seals her beauty inside the box, whatever you do, Do not open it. Good luck, princess. Thank you. 
I don't know how to repay you for your help. <laughs> Believe me, you're not the one in my debt. With that, the hawk soared back through the waterfall, and Psyche turned to face the dark path to the underworld. Here goes nothing. After leaving Psyche, Apollo flew straight to Cupid's chambers. He shot through the skylight and transformed back into his godly shape. I've done my best, my friend. But your mother has sent her somewhere I will not follow. She's descending to the underworld as we speak. She needs my help. How do I get out of this godforsaken chamber? I already told you. You have to go back to your wife. What? Stop speaking in riddles and tell me. I can't waste another second while she's down there without me. I need to go to her now. As soon as the words left Cupid's lips, all the doors in Venus's chamber opened. Cupid turned to Apollo, bewildered. His old friend grinned. Congratulations! You've chosen to stop being a little cherub. With no time to lose, Cupid took to the sky. Meanwhile, in the depths of the underworld, Psyche had completed each of Apollo's instructions perfectly. She descended into the waterfall's caves until she reached the river Styx. She paid the ferryman to take her across the dark, fetid water to Pluto's kingdom. She was granted an audience with Proserpina and even managed to persuade the queen of the underworld to add her beauty to the box Venus had given her. As the ferryman delivered her back across the water, she peered into its surface and found an exhausted reflection staring back at her. Her eyes were hollow, her skin dull. Venus's tasks had worn away her beauty, and for the first time, Psyche was self-conscious that she wasn't lovely enough. Worries flooded her mind. What if Cupid didn't want her anymore? Not only had she betrayed him, now she was a lesser beauty than when he'd last seen her. Up to this point, Psyche had followed Apollo's instructions perfectly, but tormented by fears and insecurities, she made her first mistake. When she resurfaced in the light of day, she opened the box of Proserpina's beauty to take some for herself. But when she lifted its intricately carved lid, there was nothing inside, nothing but a strong, stinging smell. As soon as it hit her, Psyche collapsed. Cupid found her crumpled on the edge of two worlds, certain he was too late. Uh, no, 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 no! Oh, gods, please. <laughs> Cupid sniffed the air and smelled something familiar, something acrid and stinging. That's when he realized Psyche had inhaled Stygian sleep, the slumber of the dead. Seeing the open box at her side, he knew it had been a trick. In a last bid to save her life, Cupid took one of his arrows and pricked her lightly. Come back to me. Please come back. To his relief, Psyche began to stir. <gasps> Thank the gods. Psyche, stay with me. Please. There you are. Yes, I'm here. I'm right here. You're so beautiful in the sunlight. I'm sorry I didn't trust you. No, I didn't trust us. But you did. You risked everything for us. You went to the underworld and back for our love. I should never have left. Just don't ever leave again. 
never. I will be at your side for all eternity. Cupid kept his promise. He never left Psyche's side. In fact, he entreated Jupiter to give her immortality, and Jupiter, for whatever reason, granted their request. So, much to my chagrin, Psyche drank our ambrosia and became an actual goddess. The happy couple was finally married, and shortly after, Psyche gave birth to my granddaughter. Pleasure. I can't say that I enjoy sharing the heavens with my former rival, but with Psyche off the mortal plane, my worshippers have returned to my temples. And I must admit, being a young grandmother has its perks. So, what began as my nightmare is now a tolerable arrangement. That is the love story of Cupid and Psyche. The impact Cupid and Psyche has had on modern love stories, and most especially fairy tales, is clear. We can see it in the impossible challenges of Rumpelstiltskin, the jealous queen in Snow White, and the sleeping spell-plagued princess in Sleeping Beauty. But if we look past its saccharine trappings, there's a deeper message. In ancient Greek, Psyche means soul. Many scholars have interpreted the epic romance between the god of love and the goddess of the soul as an allegory of the challenges lovers must overcome in order to achieve their own fairy tale end. In Cupid and Psyche, true love is only attained via a journey. The soul finds love and inevitably loses it and finds it again. But first, it must forge its own path and face seemingly impossible trials before love and soul finally reach one another again. But once they unite, their bond can last an eternity. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back next week with another epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythology was written by Alex Garland, with writing assistance by Robert Teamstra and Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Jerry Courtney Austin, Drew Lawn, Melissa Medina, and Laith Walshleger. I'm Vanessa Richardson. It's been said that love is a many-splendored thing. That is, until it's not. In season two of Criminal Couples, discover true stories of couples who turned their love lives into a life of crime. Lies and deceit are just the beginning. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Criminal Couples. Catch new episodes every Monday, free and only on Spotify. 